Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation network of podcasts. Uh, it's that time of the week when we give uh, our college football picks against the spread. It's picks trying not to suck, my weekly handicapping contest against my brother, the Skinny. Let's go ahead and welcome him on. Skinny, what's up? Oh, not much. Uh, just, um, you know, kind of, I, I mean, it's struggling here on these picks, so hopefully we can get it right this week. Right. Now, for those of you who uh, need a refresher, every week we pick our five favorite games against the spread. We don't tell each other what we're picking, so we do it live here. Last week, though, Skinny was uh, indisposed, so uh, he sent his picks ahead of time, though. He went uh, with Michigan plus two. That hit. TCU plus five and a half. That was a winner. Notre Dame plus two. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. West Virginia minus seven. That lost. And Clemson minus 14 and a half. Uh, That was no good. So he uh, went two for five, bringing his total on the year to uh, nine nine and, I guess, what, 16. You know, and um, you know the thing the thing about that too is you know sometimes you're like you're directionally right in your in your bet like that yeah. was the right play I just right. got you miss it by the whatever. hook or whatever yeah. I mean this is just like yeah I'm just like 180 degrees off so yeah uh, the thing is I would have been on like I would have been on West Virginia last week too probably um, I was on the under actually on the uh, Texas Tech team total which happened to come in so that was nice. Um, I went four and one last week, taking my overall record to fourteen and eleven. Uh, I had Wisconsin minus two, obviously that missed, but then I had uh, Louisiana Tech getting twenty and a half, Stanford plus eight, and Mississippi State plus eight. Both of those actually went straight up, and then uh, Georgia minus eighteen, and they I knew that that bet was going to be a winner. I would say about. 90 seconds into that game just watching how georgia yeah. was going up and down the field and uh shutting down arkansas so um all right well we've got a big game to uh talk about here later on today but first let's go ahead and we'll we'll do our picks and again remember we're each picking our five favorite games here i do not know what the skinny's picking so i will go ahead and let him do the honors this week skin what's your first pick all right i'm looking at notre dame going into uh into Blacksburg, right? Um, you know, and you look at it and you think, yeah, no, this Notre Dame team is not great. I mean, they're banged up on offense. The quarterback situation doesn't look good. The whole offensive situation is, just, is kind of a mess, right? Um, but again, you know, I think that Cincinnati team they lost to is pretty good and was actually kind of a bad matchup for Notre Dame in some ways. Um, so I look at ND going in minus one to a pre-ho-hum VTech spot, I, I will take Notre Dame minus one. Oh, man. I'm going the opposite way. Give me the Hokies plus one. 
uh, the the thing here is that Notre Dame, you know, they've had uh, you know kind of some rough physical games the past couple weeks. You mentioned they're really banged up on the offensive side of the ball. Virginia Tech, they're off last week, and this is going to be a night game at Hallowed Lane Stadium. I just get the feeling that uh, Notre Dame could have a uh, could have kind of a, been for a rough time the rest of the way here this season. I think it starts with their picking up their second loss of the season. At Virginia Tech, give me the Hokies plus one. All right. All right. Well, well, we'll see there. Huh? Ooh, all right. So what's your second pick? All right. I'm going to go go Big 12 here. Uh, you know, I, I, I bet on West Virginia last week. I know we talked about some. And part I still really like – I like this West Virginia team. I, I, I think maybe that was just kind of a bad spot for them coming off that primetime game, a tough primetime loss, you know, the week before. Um. And I, I really like that defense, the way they fly around. Uh, or maybe I'm just biased because they impressed me against OU. But I, I'm looking at them two and a half going to Baylor, or getting two and a half points going to Baylor. I'll take West Virginia in the points. Yeah, the thing about West Virginia, watching them, I kind of feel like maybe they'd be better off if they just picked one of those quarterbacks. A quarterback? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like the the rotating seems to just throw them off. But uh, gosh, man, their defense is so well coached. Um, yeah, so okay, well then we've got, uh, okay, so that's West Virginia plus two and a half going to uh, Baylor. All right. I we, we talked about Notre Dame. We talked about Cincinnati uh, just a few minutes ago. I'm going to stick with that theme here, and I am going to take Temple, the Owls, plus 29. Basically, this is just me fading Cincinnati off of a very emotional win last week against the Fighting Irish. Um, I'm kind of surprised this number is as thick as it is, which makes me actually a little bit more nervous about taking it than uh, than I am. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, just purely an emotion play here. Give me the Owls uh, getting 29 points. Yeah, that's not a bad. I thought about that as well. Not a bad pick. Um, I okay. I'm up now. Um, mm-hmm. I'll look. Okay, you know, with the game or one of the games of the weekend, right? We've got Penn State going to Iowa. Um, you know, I, it's oddly enough, I've watched more Penn State, I think, than than anyone but OU. Um, so, you know, the thing about Penn State is, you know, Sean Clifford is is a is a good is a very serviceable, more than serviceable quarterback, right? I, I, I don't think he's great. Penn State's run game isn't has struggled. Iowa will definitely shut that down. And I think they can kind of make Penn State one-dimensional, and then you take your, your chances with Clifford beating you, right? So when I look at Iowa at home, this is going to be a huge environment. One-half points, I will take Iowa laying the one-and-a-half. Yeah, you know, Iowa too, you, you you wonder at some point, just given Sean Clifford's history, when's he going to have the kind of that meltdown game, you know, and that's what Iowa specializes in. I really thought Maryland was going to beat them last week, and uh, man, I mean, they just pounded them uh, all night long on Friday night. So, all right, so that is Iowa minus one and a half over Penn State for uh, skin. All right, um, let's see here. Okay. One of OU's former foes already this year, Nebraska. Uh, they've got Michigan coming to town. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about this because it seems like so many people love Nebraska in this spot. But I think the Cornhuskers are just, I just feel like they're a solid team. Uh, you know, Michigan is is 
kind of a one note squad, you know, relying on that running game. And, you know, I was on, I would, I was obviously, I went against Michigan last week with Wisconsin. We saw how that turned out, but Nebraska, this is a different deal. Um, you know, they're, they're defensively, they're in really good shape. And the way that they're kind of playing there on offense, I mean, Torre is probably the best uh, receiver they've had there in a while. And they've got a quarterback in Adrian Martinez who is kind of being, you know, given free reign to go out and improvise when he gets a shot. So I feel like, I feel like the Cornhuskers, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're, they've turned a corner. They looked really good last week, just thumping Northwestern. Give me the Cornhuskers straight up to beat Michigan. Yeah, it's like outside of that Illinois game where they just seem to kind of keep shooting themselves in the foot. Nebraska's been pretty solid. Um, and like, that's exactly how I would describe Martinez. Like, he's pretty solid. Um, so, it, great minds think alike. Um, I'm exact same game. Michigan at Nebraska. I'm taking Nebraska plus three and a half. It, you know, it, and again, maybe I'm higher on Nebraska than I should be because, uh, you know, I thought they were pretty solid against OU. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like, Michigan is actually Michigan looks like when you watch them play like a less talented version of what I expected Harbaugh would bring to Michigan, right? Like really balanced on offense, solid defense. They're going to beat you, you know, 24 to 17. Um, And that's kind of what they do. They're just not, they're just not great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it does feel though, like at some point they're going to have to start throwing the ball to win games. You know what I mean? And, I, that's where you wonder if it finally catches up with them. Yeah. So we're same here. All right. So that was, we're both on Nebraska plus three and a half. All right. Um, so that was your fourth pick. Okay. Here's my fourth pick. And man, you know what? If there's one thing Jimbo Fisher knows how to do, it's cover in a spot in a game like this to uh, build up a little bit of goodwill and make people, you know, kind of think that, He's got uh, A&M on solid footing. There's no chance that uh, the Aggies are going to beat Alabama this week. But, you know, one one thing to keep in mind with Bama is they're starting to, you know, injuries are really kind of taking a toll there. I saw that, uh, you know, obviously Jace McClellan, one of their running backs, is done for the year. Now it looks like Drew Sanders, uh, one of their better defensive players, is going to miss this game. I think that... The Aggies will muddy this up just enough and, you know, kind of play keep away for just long enough to keep this within the 18 points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Aggies plus 18. And here's an extra for all of you who have been writing that, oh, Alabama in the first half, it's the best bet ever. Go ahead, take the Aggies in the first half, getting the 10 and a half. You won't be disappointed. Well, you know, Vegas gets pretty good at what they do. I think they they know that bet's reputation, right? So <laughs> at some point, um, that's going to come back on them hard. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned Jace McClellan, and like that one stings, right? Like, how much could OU use him this mm-hmm. year? Oh, and not just because he's like super talented, because it gives him a, a, a third scholarship running back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he is super talented, but yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I believe yeah. are we up to your fifth pick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go to the SEC here. Looking at South Carolina going to Tennessee, uh, you know, battle of, of two former OU assistants. Right. Um, I, you know, this one, like I know a lot of people are high on Tennessee after, after last week, but they went and thumped a really bad Mizzou team, a bad 
Mizzou that just looked terrible on defense. You know, they had two Mizzou had two really bad picks in that game, you know, and like 10, 10 penalties for 100 yards or something. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sold on where Tennessee is. I you know, I know they like to play fast and, and score a lot of points, but I think South Carolina, you know, while it's not great there, um, I think they have a little bit better defense and, and uh, I'll take them getting 10 and a half. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or, what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news, State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. All right, so that's the Gamecocks plus 10.5 against uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. All right. Well, my I'm going to go ahead and make my final pick, uh, the game that we're going to preview now, which is uh, the Red River, we'll call it the Red River Rivalry. How about that? We'll call it the Red River Rivalry game. Oklahoma and the Texas Longhorns, our beloved Sooners, uh, coming off a win last week over Kansas State that was both too close for comfort and uh, fairly resounding in terms of how Oklahoma played. Uh, Texas is certainly coming on. They played, they've looked uh, at least for the most part a lot sharper since uh, Casey Thompson's taken over at quarterback. Sooners are, let's see here, three and a half point favorite. Of course, they're playing at the Cotton Bowl as they do every year, State Fair Park. Um, and let's see our noon kickoff on ABC. So let's get down to business here, Skin. Uh, I guess first off, reactions from the Kansas State game. Yeah, I mean, uh, fitting um, for this team. Uh, I mean, just kind of bizarre in that, you know, I, I know I sent you this text there towards the end, but it was like, how is this a six-point game? Like, uh, you know, uh, for the, a lot of things, oh, you didn't do well with some of the penalties and things like that. Uh, you know, they did, a, they looked, I mean, it's pretty on offense. They looked better. I mean, there was, there was definite improvement and, and you kind of thought, especially as they pull away in the second half, like, okay, you know, this isn't a, what, what I had hoped necessarily, but this is getting closer to it. Right. And, and then that final score and, and just the way that game ended, you just, you know, it felt pretty kind of deflating, but, but, you know, there was some, some good, some positive to take away. Right. You know, it, it's the things, though, with this team, like kicking deep there to uh, Knowles late in the game when they're up 13. Who, I mean, the guy's one of the best kickoff returners in the country. <laughs> Why are you even giving him a shot to, to bring it back after this? And on top of that, you got that penalty to, uh, you know, uh, move your kickoff 15 right. yards back. It's just, I mean, stuff like that's like, come on, man. Um, you know, and the tackling obviously left something to be desired. Although Deuce Vaughn is tough to bring down. Um, 
you know, I, I think, for example, Bijan Robinson, you know, who oh, you will see this week from Texas is uh, the better player of the two. But uh, I, I feel better about OU's chances of, of getting a good, solid shot on him than I do on Vaughn, who is uh, really, really slippery out there. Um, you know, I, a few things. It, it almost feels like at this point, though, you know, concerns about the defense are starting to overtake the offense now yeah exactly and i think part of the thing for the defense is you know they have enough playmakers particularly along that front right that it's covered up for some other sends behind them uh that against good teams is just not going to hold um you know i mean a linebacker and and really a defensive back i mean ou has not been good um so, I mean, that's kind of the difference is you may maybe have the strongest unit on the team on that defensive front, which, you know, co- again, covers up for some issues in the back. Yeah. Um, you know, and even though last week, I mean, last week they didn't really have much uh, success gaining heat on Skylar Thompson, which was interesting also because, I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy there who was playing basically on one leg, you know, and they really couldn't heat him up, which was also concerning. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the big questions I think going into this game is going to be if, if uh, DeLar and Turner Yell, Oklahoma's strong safety, is available. Um, they just need more bodies back there, and he's a he's a solid tackler and has really kind of come on, I think, as a, you know, overall player this season. Um, his absence, to me, I, I thought was was kind of big last weekend. Not, not to say that Justin Broyles played it up. Uh, played poorly but uh it was just one of the kind of those spots where they could have used him and uh but i i like what i saw the offense in terms of you know the new running game and really kind of attacking using that zone scheme um as opposed to a lot of the gt counter and things that they've done in the past and also i mean just giving spencer rattler a chance to kind of throw on the move which is one area where he really excels yeah, it seems like they, they went back to the drawing board a bit, right, and just tried to figure out, um, you know, these are some things that will kind of work for us, right? Like, for, for example, getting, moving Spencer around a little bit better, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, again, I, I thought the offense was positive And, you know, we'll, you know, I don't know. We'll, I, I still need to see more, though. Right. Now, uh, one thing to keep in mind here is that uh, the the quarterback situation at Texas to me is really interesting. Uh, obviously, you've got a, a Sooner legend son, uh, Casey Thompson, son of Charles Thompson, playing quarterback for the Longhorns. Uh, you know, that's a interesting kind of uh, storyline. But, you know, the the weird thing to me here is that, you know, we're hearing a lot now about Casey Thompson and the effect that he's had on Texas offense, but you know, the guy sat for two years behind Sam Ellinger. He uh, lost the quarterback competition before the season. Like there's something here that makes me feel like we're not getting the whole picture that maybe, you know, he might be uh, in some trouble when he sees a defense that, you know, OU isn't, doesn't have a, uh, great defense, but it'll certainly be the best that he's seen. I think this season. Yeah, and that definitely could be. I mean, you know, I I think people. T- I mean, his numbers are are hard to deny, right? What he's done. Um, but you're right. He hasn't seen a great defense or or even a defense the caliber of of OU. So I, I don't know. It's I can't tell if the you know he's just kind of 
a gamer and like, you know, it, it, I don't know, but um, it really will be interesting to see. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. This is just like a silly football cliche, I guess. But like to me, it's it's which team can run the ball, you know? And, and well, I should put that. Can OU run the ball? Right. That's number one. And then number two is how will they do against B. John Robinson? If he goes for 180, you know, or let's call it 150, 160 plus, I think OU's in a really bad spot. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, to me, it's how well can they block OU's defensive front? Uh, you know, it's not a obviously it's not a big group, but they are so disruptive. And uh, you know, at this point, Texas's offensive line has had a hasn't had the best campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they're, and they're also yeah banged up with losing uh, Denzel Okafor to uh, knee injury last week. The other thing to keep in mind here about this game, man, is that it's going to be like 95 degrees out there. Like it's supposed to be super hot. Like whichever team I think can, you know, kind of handle that maybe and and depth issues, uh, I think those could also come into play. And that's a big reason why I like Oklahoma minus three and a half here. Uh, I I, I don't want to jinx it, but um, I just look at the, the way Oklahoma played last week. And I, I I don't know. I took a lot. I took a lot away from it. And you know, this season, it's it's hard to uh, kind of switch gears. But teams have just been so adamant about trying to, uh, you know, keep OU from being them deep. That I think it's just really changed the way OU's been able to um, attack and 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 scheme offensively against a lot of these teams. And I feel like there's still something there, another gear they can get to, and uh, we'll see if uh, they pull it off this week against the Longhorns. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, how often, like, the Texas game is sort of a catalyst for the season going one way or another? I mean, we see it all the time. You know, part of it's kind of like that midway point of the season. But, you know, for me, the the, the scary thing for OU is that, you know, you come in kind of not knowing where they are, uh, in terms of the mindset of this team, I mean, they played uh, with throw out Western Carolina or whatever, mm. right? Like, you know, they played, you know, four games in which, you know, they very easily could have lost or easily mm. could have lost each one of those and flirting with disaster. And then, so you get a sense, this isn't like a confident team coming in, which maybe that's a good thing. I don't know if things go bad early in that game, I could see OU just not knowing how to respond. Yeah. Right? Just not. Yeah. And, you know, we had last year, obviously, we saw Spencer Rattler get benched uh, in the first half, and I thought he actually responded really well. Um, you do wonder, though, I mean, if he has any any setbacks, if uh, they'll start thinking about uh, looking down the bench there and playing in Caleb Williams. I don't think that they would make like a full time kind of move, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we see a couple more uh play special specially designed plays for him like they had last week against uh the Wildcats. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think some of that could be could be a good thing for Spencer Rattler too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well let's uh recap just real quick here. Uh my five this week. Nebraska plus three and a half, Texas A and M plus eighteen, Temple getting twenty nine, Virginia Tech getting one, and I'll lay the three and a half with uh Oklahoma. I've got Skinny with N D minus one. West Virginia plus two and a half. Iowa laying one and a half. Nebraska getting three and a half and 
taking the points with South Carolina at 10.5. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Skinny, for uh, joining us, man, and best of luck this week. Yeah, should be a fun weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Thanks again to the Skinny for joining us. And if you uh, like what you're hearing here, please make sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is you get your podcast. Make it easier for everybody else out there to find us. Um, And thank you all for joining us, too. For the Blaine Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.